Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T.com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining me today. I hope this is a really good way to start your week. And so you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. If you're a long-time listener, thank you. If you're just a first-time, thank you as well. And so I want to encourage you always to go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and that's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. And if you go to the bio, there's a, little, there's a link in there, and you can get all kinds of helps. Like we have lots of uh, study guides that go along with the shows. We have different just helpful um, just condensed versions of all kinds of big topics that we have done that I think will be very inspiring for you. So thank you again. And today we are going to talk about God. And the title of this show is God on Your Terms. Now, I picked that title for a reason. So before you get offended, I want you really to see why I chose this title. I want you to realize the need for spirituality in your life. And you need to know that there's an entity that is actually on your side and wants you to have the best life ever, the best life suited for you. See, every relationship is unique. And this is because it's created by two unique individuals. So God already knows you, but he wants you to know him and he wants to be known by you. So I, you know, I've had hundreds of clients over the years. I've been doing my job for over 25 years. So that's a lot. That's a lot of people. So even if there are similarities in, in, in the relationship, it still means that the relationship I have with that client and myself cannot ever be replicated. It's a unique and one-time occurring experience because it's made up of two very unique individuals. So just like any other relationship, you get to decide what you need, what you don't need, what you're hoping for, and how to deal with it if you don't get what you think you need or want. Every individual has a unique need to be seen, to be known by their parents. It's the same way with God. The difference is he really does see you and he really does know you because he created you. And he really wants to be that friend that sticks closer than a brother. 
So no relationship can be replicated, and no relationship needs to be defended. So this is why it's so important. Your relationship with God is really about you and God. And so you don't have to justify it or explain it to anybody. It has to work for you. And so this is where it's very important that you, you are now able to get to know God in your way. And that helps because when I get to know God in my way, I don't have to justify it to anybody. And, and I can recognize that if I make some mistakes, nobody's going to necessarily find out. So each relationship that I have with a client is unique. And I might say some similar things simply because it works. However, the timing, the intensity, the delivery is always unique to me and the client. So many people never dreamed they would come to a therapist. But they come to find things that they never thought or never knew that they may need. They didn't realize how much control they would have in the relationship or realize the relationship was really only about them in so many ways. It's about them and it's about what they need. It's kind of a risk for me to be talking about this with you because, you see, I'm not trying to encourage or teach some type of religion. I want you to have a deep spiritual connection and world that helps energize your body and every cell of your being and helps your brain to do wonderful things, to increase stamina, tolerance, hope, guidance, and manage loneliness. So this ability to have this spiritual connection with God really helps to do that. Because what, what the, why this is so important is many times I put a, maybe way too much pressure on a relationship, and I'm wanting them to be, quote-unquote, like a God. I'm wanting them to fix everything. I'm wanting them to understand me completely. I'm wanting them to be able to know intuitively what I need or what I want. And that puts a lot of pressure on a human relationship. But I'm allowed to put that kind of pressure on God. He's up for it. And that's why this is so important, because it will increase your vitality, your happiness, your ability to hope and to forgive, especially if the one that needs forgiving is you. Because I don't know about you, but I have let myself down before, and that is the worst. I hate letting myself down because I can't get away from myself, so I have to contend with it, right? So this really, this power of forgiveness cannot be measured. It's necessary for any hope, any happiness. Because it strengthens us and it helps us to try again. It helps us resist toxic shame. See, and we've talked about shame before. So if you remember, shame is that thing that says, maybe I went too far, maybe I did something wrong. It's kind of that, you know, indicator light in, in your brain, in your heart, in your gut that says, ah, I think you kind of went too far. And so the nice thing about this is that God knows everything. I don't have to have toxic shame with him. He already knows and loves me anyways. So he can help me undo that so that I don't walk around thinking I'm in this one-down position because of some failure that I have had. So many people, you know, think that maybe God is just a killjoy, right? But I need to tell you this feeling and or this supposition 
of thinking that God is out there wanting to ruin everything or take away everything that's fun or condemn me or tell me how bad I am. I want you to understand that that's coming from that inner child part, that little kiddo in us. See, God created rules for safety, not to withhold fun and joy from our lives. The rules are helpful and necessary. If the rule is just and I break it, see, it helps me find my way back to center. Freedom is not the ability to break a rule. I can break whatever rule I want. I'm a grown adult. But what you understand is that I can't always control the outcome of breaking the rule. So if I broke a rule and I get a really bad outcome and I've got serious consequences, it's really helpful to know the God of the universe is on my side and he will help me. See, rules are originally intended for safety, success, and guidance, not for control. The last thing God would want to do is control us. If he wanted to do that, he would have done it, <laughs> I mean, a long time ago. It might have saved him a lot of heartache. So I want you to think about this, that spirituality, religion, relationship are three very different things. Now, they sometimes interpose themselves upon one another. Sometimes it's combined they usually work really beautifully together to bring us the quality of life we did not even know that was possible for us. So spirituality and religion are different. Relationship has a spiritual aspect to it. Relationship also might have a religion to it. And when you think about that, you understand that religion is a set of rules, and it's intended to keep us safe. It's intended to make sure that people aren't harmed. So if my religion is harming me, I don't know if that's a good religion for me to believe in. But God uses religion as a way to keep us safe. He says things like, you know, hey, you know, don't steal, don't kill. And he knows why he's telling us these things. He's not trying to take all the fun out of life. He's saying, you're going to be miserable if you do it. So this is why it's wonderful to recognize that it helps the quality of our life when we have some kind of rules and regulations that we know fit well and help us be the best version of, of who we would ever want to be. See, we get this idea that somehow rules ruin things. Well, imagine if we had no rules for driving. Would you ever get to work on time or even get to work at all safely? So this is why we want to recognize that usually if God is saying something, if he's saying, hey, this is a rule, like don't kill, don't steal, then he's really wanting to help us avoid some consequences that we're not going to like at all. Now, sometimes I know that for me in my life, I've had to have some consequences in order to learn. Sadly, I had to feel some pain in order to know that I probably should not be doing that. So I, I, I've told you before that I'm adopted, and I longed to know where I came from. So this didn't mean that my adoptive parents were any less. It just, I wanted to know who contributed to the ingredients that I have in my life. And I have some really good ingredients, and I have some really not great DNA. But I wanted to know, why am I the way that I am? And this is why the spirituality piece 
this need to for, for you to seek out God and whatever name I don't know you can use, but it's this idea of knowing that we are spiritual beings and spiritual beings are always looking beyond. And so we need some of those answers, some of that guidance, some of that, that safety and that quality. So it's like when I want a friend of mine to meet me or another one of my friends, and I say, hey, you're going to love them. You're going to love this person. I really want you to meet him, or I really want you to meet her. See, it doesn't diminish the relationship I have with that person. And I'm glad they know this person that I, now, that I really like. I'm glad they know them now. See, all relationships that are successful have terms. There are things that we come to expect and things that we refuse to allow in a relationship. And these things that we need in a relationship and the closeness of being known by someone and loved and accepted, even at our worst, that's what rules and regulations do for us. So join me again in the next segment as we talk more about God on your terms. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So thank you for joining me today. And I want to make sure that if you're just tuning in, that you can go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and you can listen to the show in its entirety. So we are talking about God on your terms. And I know that may sound arrogant to some people, and I really get that. But the thing that's so amazing about it is that God really is a relational God, and so he wants relationship. So he wants to know. He wants to know what you want. He wants you to tell him. He wants you to say, hey, how come this isn't happening, or how come that's not happening? He wants a relationship, a friendship. So spirituality and religion and relationship are are different. But when they all three work together, you have a remarkable experience. And it brings a great quality of life to us that we didn't even know was possible. So I was telling you in the last segment that I'm adopted, and I really wanted to know why I am the way that I am. I don't look like anyone in my family. Uh, I have very different talents and abilities and preferences, a very different personality than, than people in my family. And I really wanted to know. Because, you see, it's kind of like this idea that when we meet somebody and we really like them, we want other people in our lives to meet them. So that's kind of like what I'm saying to you about God. I want you to take God on your terms because this is where you get to have this wonderful friend, this, this person that sticks closer to you than, than any brother or sister or friend could and is with you all the time. And, and, that, and, and here's the thing. You have lots of control over it like any other relationship that you're involved in. You can say, stop. You can say, I don't want to talk to you anymore. You can say, I don't believe in you anymore. You can say all these things because that's what relationships do. So we want to know we're safe. We want to know that this person who knows all this information about us still loves us. And we long to know that we're allowed to not be perfect, that we're allowed to learn, that we're still lovable when we make mistakes. 
And so to have a relationship that's successful, these are the things that we come to expect. And there are things that we refuse to allow in a relationship to make sure that that relationship is is safe and we can be close. So let's dive into this. Like, why is God so important to a healthy, thriving, happy life that we can be proud of? Now, this is not to say I'm proud of everything I've done, but I am proud of how I've come through it. And sometimes I'm even proud of the outcome. So when you think about this as God on your terms, all this means is that you're inviting a spiritual presence into your life and you're saying, hey, I don't know what this is about. I don't know what it's like, but I think I need this presence. I think I need to know I'm not alone. I think I need to know that I'm loved all the time, even if I mess up, that somebody's got my back that I can recognize that I don't have to be perfect to be loved. And this is what God does for us. And at the same time, he's very willing to help us understand who we are. See, many times it doesn't matter, even if your family really got you, there is this need to be known and this need to have somebody know you. And when you realize that God knows everything, And he knows everything about you. And he still loves you and still wants a relationship with you. It's phenomenal. It's crazy. It's hard to even believe sometimes. But what we like to do is is we like to introduce people to our favorite friends. So that's kind of what I'm doing with you today. God really is my best friend. He is my favorite, favorite friend of all. And he has done amazing and remarkable things for me when I have really let him down. I truly have in my life many times. And he helps me. He helps me. And he doesn't hate me. And he doesn't shake his finger at me. And he doesn't say, Cynthia, I told you so. What are you doing? You're not even thinking. You're a numbskull. He doesn't do that. He says, hey, let's reason together. Let's talk about this. Let's fix this. Let's see what we need to do to get back on track. And so there's something that, that comes from this spiritual experience. See, all relationships that are successful have terms, and there are things that we come to expect and things that we refuse to allow in a relationship, things that we need from the relationship and closeness, especially being known by someone and loved and accepted even at our worst. We want to know we're safe with this person who has all this information about us and to know that no matter how much they know, they still love us. So we, we long to know that we're allowed to learn and not be perfect and that we are still lovable mistakes and all. So when you think about this, I want you to consider what have I heard about God? What judgments have I made about God? What have I determined who, that God is or is not? What, what kind of stories have I told myself about him? And again, when I say God on your terms, I don't want you to get caught up in the words that I'm using. This is just, this is the way that I know how to do it. And so you don't have to see him as a male God, right? You can really, I want to just encourage you to work toward spirituality that is relational. Not just a set of do's and don'ts, 
not just a template so that you can know when you're bad or when you're good or to get this feeling that you can't, you're not allowed to do anything. I want you to really have a spiritual experience with a being that is only on your side and has nothing to do with wanting to punish you. He got over that. That was like in the Old Testament. That's when he flooded the earth and, you know, I think saved nine people. So he's kind of, he's, you know, this is where you want to say, you know, I can always stop the relationship too. I can enter into it with God. I can begin to experience him and go, wow, there really is a God. And if I don't like it, I can break up with him, right? <laughs> I mean, this is what relationships are about. So there's no fear for you. There's no, there, there's no kind of um, risk, really, that you're taking. If you think about it, really, the risk is him. He's risking on us. I don't always think I'm a very good risk. So I'm glad that he risks on me and wants to be in relationship with me. So this is why it's really important to understand why God is so important to a healthy, thriving, happy life that we can be proud of. Not to say I'm proud of everything I've done, but I can be proud of who I'm becoming and how I've come through things. And I can even maybe be proud of the outcome. But all of us need some help. All of us need a hand up. All of us need comfort. All of us need understanding. All of us need to be seen and still loved and still wanted. So this is what spirituality can do for you if it's about a being, not just about a set of rules. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we really talk about the power of God and his impact on the brain. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. We have lots of great things to help you in your day and help you become the best version of you. Not what somebody else is wanting you to be, but the best version of you, as only you can do. So we're talking about faith. We're talking about God. We're talking about God on your terms, that you really get to have some say in this. That that's the relationship piece of knowing God. And this is where we want to really understand the power that, that they have come to find that God has on the brain. And so I, I love this. This is Brian Johnson's. It's called Philosopher's Notes. This is one of my favorite ones that he has, he has done. And it's how God changes your brain. And there's these breakthrough findings from these leading neuroscientists about how this happens. And it's Andrew Newberg and Mark Robert Waldman. And they've done some great work about understanding faith and understanding what it does for the human spirit. It's what drives us to survive and to transcend. It it makes life worth living. And it gives meaning to our life. So without such hope and optimism, 
synonymous with what we're calling faith, the mind can easily slip into depression or despair. So you, you have to understand that faith is embedded in our neurons and in our genes. And it's one of the most important principles to honor in our lives. Isn't that fascinating that science is now proving this whole idea of God? So some people, you know, put their faith in God, while others might put their faith in science or relationships or work. But whatever you choose to place your faith, you must still confront a deeper question. What is your ultimate purpose and dream? Why are you here? What do you truly desire in your life, not only for you, yourself, but for the whole world as well? And how will you begin to make those desires a reality? So having hope and faith are essential, but something more is needed. See, the skill and discipline to organize your brain in ways that will successfully motivate your life. And this is where meditation becomes very, very important. So the meditation studies that they have done have provided some, some basic tools that can help you achieve these goals. And if you apply them to your life, not only will you find a little more happiness, but you will bring a little more peace into your world and the world around you. And so this is very important. And, and I want to encourage you to make sure that you're here next week because we have someone that's going to be on the show that talks about meditation and the way to be able to do this. And not in some kind of woo-woo way, okay? But what is really scientific and really well-proven practices that help us fight disease, fight depression, fight anxiety, bring the best version of us forward, and that really helps us have the life that all of us are dreaming and wanting to have. So Andrew Newberg and Mark uh, Robert Waldman, they are academics from the University of Pennsylvania. And they are part of or have created the Center for Spirituality in the Mind. And in this book that they have, which I have read, and I, I just, I love it. In this book, they walk us through how God can, and, and as the title suggests, change our brains. And this is what's so fascinating about this process that, see, it used to be, you know, all through history, that believing in God was only on faith, that you had nothing else to help you believe in God other than you're going to, you were told to just have faith. So have faith in God. Well, now, this is what's so fascinating. They are actually proving what God does to the brain and the body. And they can measure it. And they can equate it in so many different ways. And so this, this is why this is such an incredible thing to learn. And if you get this book, you'll walk through how God, or any spiritual practices in general, can really, really change your brain. And I have, I have had this experience. Now, I grew up as a Christian, so I wasn't new to spirituality But I can tell you that some of these new ideas and awarenesses and discoveries that they've had have been really enlightening and really fascinating. So we're going to come back in this next segment, and we are going to talk more about this idea, the amazing plasticity of the brain and how God plays a part in this. 
and what your brain can do when it comes to faith, love, kindness, gentleness, mercy. So join me again in the next segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. So thank you again. And if you're just tuning in, we are talking about how God changes your brain. And the, the title of this show is God on Your Terms. And what that means is that, you know, he's a relational God is what I have come to find over all the years. And one of the hallmarks of a good relationship is that we accept people for who they are. We don't accept them because we want to change them, and we don't wait for them to change until we can accept them. We love them. We honor them. We hang out with them. We recognize that everybody's a work in progress. And so these two guys, Andrew Newberg and Mark Waldman, they have come up with some great discoveries, scientific discoveries about the brain and what faith does, this idea of God and thinking about God, what it does for your brain. And so they tell us it's not a religion. See, it, it, what happens is that religion can be really a lot about anger and hostility and intolerance and separatism and all these kinds of extreme idealism. So it's not about religion. It's about faith. It's who do I believe in? Who am I depending on? Who am I leaning on? And what I have found, you know, the older that I get, it's wonderful if I had parents that I could lean on and when I'm in high school, teenage friends that I could lean on. And it's wonderful that I have a husband I can lean on. But what you find when you're an adult is that all the other adults need someone to lean on too. And so one of the most important aspects of having God in your life is recognizing that I have someone that does not get tired. I have someone that does not get weary. I have someone that is not judgmental of me. I have someone that is really on my side and is not needing my life to work so God's life works, okay? He really is just wanting me to be okay. And this is so powerful. And so what they, what they were measuring is the plasticity of the brain. And what they came to find is that these scans showed that it takes less than two months to alter the overall neural functioning of your brain. Now, see, this is amazing because it demonstrates that we have the power to consciously change our brains and to improve our neural functioning. In far less time, scientists used to think. See, they used to think it would take us years. What we're finding is we can see permanent change in a single neuron in a matter of days. And that other studies have shown that most forms of meditation will create subtle but significant changes in a couple of months. So let's talk about this neuroplasticity issue. Well, it's a huge idea that our brains can change and that we can rewire them in powerful ways. Now, this is what a lot of therapists do when they are doing any kind of trauma uh, therapy. They're helping a person really change the way they think about the episode, but also heal from it so that it is not that that episode is not bigger than that client's own heart, soul, mind, personality that they can be overcomers when it comes to this. So this is a huge idea to change the way we rewire and can rewire the brain. It means that I can think differently. 
That means I don't have to be locked into a judgment. It means that I can actually say, you know, I don't think that idea is working for me. So I don't have to keep thinking it. Now, I know when I've worked with eating disordered people, and if you know my story, I am one of them, that part of the biggest piece of changing the anorexic, the bulimic, the overeater, is the way they think. And the way they think about themselves, the way they think about their body, the way they think about food, the way they think about how they're perceived. And so this is huge that we can change the perspective. We can change the perception. We can actually rewire the brain. And so we know that we can systematically rewire our brains by thinking different thoughts and performing different behaviors. Now, this is incredibly empowering to know this. So how are you reshaping your brain? So let's talk about this idea of meditation. And I want to remind you that next week we are having someone that really specializes in this, and I think you're going to really like them. And so let's think about how long it takes to make this improvement. Now, technically speaking, this is what they're saying, that overnight... It can happen. But if you want to see measurable improvements, you have to practice it daily. So as one of the recent studies demonstrated, 14 days of daily mental and physical exercise, stress reduction, and a healthy diet was enough to improve cognition and brain functioning for people between the ages of like, you know, 35 and 69, 70. Other meditation studies inferred that the greatest improvements are achieved when you practice 30 minutes to an hour each day. See, simply put, the longer you practice, the greater the reward. If you can integrate meditation with psychotherapy or cognitive behavioral changes, you find that you maintain much lower degrees of depression, anxiety is abated for a long time. And if you can continue to meditate in this way, you find a way to stay relaxed, to stay alert, to stay focused. You're not in that fight, flight, or freeze issue that we've talked about so many times in the show that I can't relax my body, so I see everything as a threat. So I'm defensive before I even get to know what the incident, what the affair is, what the circumstance, or who the person is. I'm already judging that I'm going to be hurt. So meditation, and, and this is what's so powerful, that, you, that this is so highly recommended. And the good news is you don't have to, to trek to the Himalayas and check out, you know, some cave when you try to, I don't know, levitate or meditate. or the, the researchers have proven that in as little as 12 to 15 minutes a day can create this profound uh, positive effect in our life. So, for example, he refers to Herbert Benson. And he ran a study showing how we can measurably change our genetic expression in as little as a couple of months of practice. So this is what I want you to co- consider Meditation, if you analyze the data that's collected from meditation studies, one of the most influential factors is time. The longer, the more frequently you meditate, the more changes you will notice in the brain. Beginning meditators show little or no change, you know, if it's only one or two practices. But if they continue to do it, they have found that small significant changes in the brain actively alter and really can happen within eight weeks of daily practice. So those people that do 30 minutes or longer, and for many years, they have the greatest difference in neural activity. And not just when they're meditating, and not just when they're at rest. So this is why this is so powerful. 
when you think about the idea that there's this relaxation response, and, and there's, a, there's a, a lot of, from Newberg and Waldman and Benson on this research, that, that the relaxation response has been incorporated into many aspects of medicine and psychotherapy because it definitely and effectively treats hypertension, cardiac arrhythmias, chronic pain, PMS, insomnia, anxiety, depression, hostility, infertility even. It even lessens the side effects caused by cancer treatments and cancer treatments and AIDS. So simple meditation improves cognitive functioning in healthy aging adults. And there's this beautiful Bible verse that that I learned oh years and years ago that I keep reminding myself and it says for as a man thinketh within so he is. Now see you have to understand God is the creator. He made us. He knows how every single human being, every plant, every animal, every fish, every fowl is made. He made them all, down to the tiniest, tiniest atom. And this is where we have to understand that he knows the design. So when we find out that, hey, thinking on positive things, thinking on positive outcomes really helps my body to relax. My body doesn't have to be in the fight, flight, or freeze position. So Benson also discovered that there's benefits that could be elicited from different forms of meditation and relaxation, including like yoga, zen, hypnosis, progressive muscle relaxation, and all of these techniques utilize breathing and relaxing, relaxation Sorry, while the mind stays focused and alert. So what I want you to consider is this idea of muscle relaxation and breathing, what it does for your body. It helps the aging process slow down because you're not stressing your body with tension. You're not stressing the body and the chemistry in the body with so much hate and upset and worry and fear and hurt. And so when we clearly articulate the intention or the goal in writing or how we talk, the prefrontal, the frontal lobes of your brain more effectively direct the boner cortex to carry out the desire as actively, yeah, as you would actively like engage with others in the world. And so that goes back to, for as a man thinketh within, so he is. What I think I will do. So if I think I'm a bad person, my brain says, oh, okay, you're a bad person. That means we have to find bad things for you to do. See, our brain, when, when you think about this, I tell this to clients all the time, you don't see brains floating to heaven. Your brain is an organ, and, and it's, it's limited. It's going to die eventually. So your brain is this thing like the GPS in your car, that if you put the wrong address into the GPS, you end up finding yourself in a completely different city than where you were intending to go. So the way that you think, what you think on, what you meditate on, your brain finds a way to make it happen. And we've talked on this show before about how powerful this idea of thought is and intentional thinking. And it isn't like some woo-woo, guru type of thing. It's just simply a fact that intention actually works. And so this is why it's so powerful when we decide the type of person we're going to be. And we say, you know what? This is who I want to be. This is what I'm going to focus on. This is what I want to be known for. That's intentionality. 
It's not, it's not magic. It's simply, it's like using the GPS in your car. As soon as you put in the address, it starts to give you a route. And if you don't like the route, it's hard to get it out of that route and make a new route. Sometimes you have to pull over, turn the car off, and start over. So this is what I want you to think about. This power of intention, this has everything to do with whether or not you are going to walk out the person that you are intended to be, that only you can be, that you are needed on this earth at this time. And we're needing you to show up. We're needing you to be that person. Warts and all. We need you to be trying. We need you to put effort into your own life. We need you to be intentional about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Because you affect the world around you. And many of us just think we're just, I don't know, unseen. That nobody even knows what we're doing, cares what we're doing even would be interested in what we're doing. And that's a lie. It's simply a lie. And it's one of the ways our our brain, who, I don't know, is kind of arrogant sometimes, just doesn't want to work. So I want you to say to your brain, you work for me. I don't work for you. You work for me. The same way we deal with our computers. I don't do everything my computer tells me to do. I don't do everything my GPS tells me to do. I'm still in charge of it. So this is why we want to think about this idea of intentions and how powerful that truly is, that when I think it, I focus on it, I believe it, I will become it in some way, shape, or form. So this is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me in this really esoteric show that we did today. I hope it was encouraging and exciting for you, and we'll talk to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from our website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.